0: Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Doug show. My name is Doug Cunnington. And in this episode, I'm going to tell you how to not run a contest. I recently ran a contest and it really didn't turn out how I expected. So I did avoid a few mistakes, which those will sort of be the positive part of this, but you should be able to learn from my mistakes here. Cause I, I don't, I didn't really know what I was doing. So Technically, I kind of met the goal that I was after, but in a lot of ways, I've I gave myself permission to I don't want to say fail, but really kind of fuck it up, to be honest with you. So I'll tell you all about it. And everything everything's fine. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't anything where there was a serious consequence, but it definitely didn't turn out how I expected. So I'll tell you about that. Got a couple questions that I'll tell you about well, not tell you, I'm not going to tell you about questions. I will answer some questions and let you know about that. So let's kind of get into it. This contest was something I was inspired to do after seeing a few videos with uh, Noah Kagan. So Noah Kagan, if you don't know him, he is the uh, founder of uh, AppSumo and like sort of the sumo group of products over there. He has a podcast and a YouTube channel, and I've followed him off and on since I think I got started with online marketing and everything. In fact, I'm now remembering the first time that I heard anything from Noah. It was back when he was a guest on Pat Flynn's Smart Passive Income podcast, and I was traveling at the time. I distinctly remember this. I have a, I think a lot of people maybe have this memory quirk I can remember where I listened to uh, podcasts or books or had like phone conversations. So the auditory memory is uh, really strong for me or, or music as well. I mean, music could be another uh, like highly uh, memorable place I attach to uh, the, the songs or whatever. So the point is I was in Santa Fe and I remember walking around with our old dog Brody, who's passed away now, walking along some river uh, or creek or something like that and hearing Noah talk about his background. So anyway, check out Noah's stuff. He's a, he's a smart dude, interviews a lot of cool people, ask smart questions. So Noah has a product called King Sumo and they've been using uh, Contest to grow their email list. And I think I saw a couple instances and heard a Heard him talk about running contests and I was like, oh, I need to take a look at that because one thing that I've noticed over the past probably six to eight weeks is my email list is not growing as quickly as it was. So it's kind of a gradual thing and I'm not sure the root cause, there's no obvious traffic source that's dropped off. There's nothing obvious happening, but I think it could just be like a gradual, just E- everywhere, any source that I was getting email subscribers, I think they've all sort of tapered down. So, with that said, I was like, oh, a contest may be a good way to go. I researched a couple things, and here's a couple of the mistakes that you should avoid. And I happen to avoid these since I did at least a little bit of research ahead of time, and I think Noah probably mentioned a few of these in the content that I saw, which I think was a YouTube video. so, you may be thinking, Doug, you should have given away all your products and software. That way, you know, you can give away stuff for free. And that's what your audience wants. They want free stuff from your catalog of courses. The issue with that is it's only really appealing to people who know who I am. I wanted to get people into the audience to be aware of me, that didn't know me before, right? So I want to find products, find things to put in the contest that are appealing to a wide, broad audience that doesn't know me yet. So I know that people want software products. Now, the cool thing is I know people with software and I'm friendly with other companies. And basically I went out to some of my contacts out there which I'll give each of them a shout out, and I said, "Hey, I'm doing a contest. Would you give a, give me some software? Will you give people a year subscription to the software?" Basically, everyone said yes except one company, which I won't mention them. And they were honestly, they were asking good questions, but they weren't really they weren't really up for it. They were like, "So this is going to cost us like twelve hundred dollars. I'm not really sure if we're going to get the." the ROI from it. And maybe, you know, maybe you can do some stuff for us, which I I was like, sure, I'll do some videos for you, uh, whatever you think. And they just didn't reply back. So I'm probably not going to be trying to work with them anymore, which is kind of a bummer. I I think their software is pretty good, but here here are the companies that did work with me. Market Muse, Geniuslink, Amalinks Pro, KW Finder, and keyword keg. So all those companies were like, yeah, that sounds awesome, Doug. We'd love to be a part of it. We'll hook people up and it's going to be great. We'll even share it out there. So that was good. And basically those products are appealing to a huge range of customers or, or I guess audience that would potentially be interested in the things that I talk about. So it's kind of a perfect match. And on the surface, it looked like things were going to go pretty good. The other thing I thought I had going was contacts uh, and and actually friends of mine run fairly large Facebook groups. And one of the components of these contests is you can get an, an entrant can get more entries and have a better chance to win if they share or take some action. One of those actions could be sharing the contest in Facebook, Facebook groups, that sort of thing. So I know a handful of people that have Facebook groups, and I was, you know, I got permission. Hey, can I share my contest in your group? Most people, actually, everyone said yes. Everyone was like, yeah, that sounds cool. No problem. So I shared it, but uh, no one seemed to reshare it. No one really gave a shit to reshare or get extra entries in that way. At least that I could tell. I assumed if I shared in a Facebook group, a ton of people would have entered, but with Facebook and algorithm and all that, my assumption is even though a group may have like 30,000 people, maybe only a handful of people saw it. That's just the way it goes. So... You know, I don't know all the lessons I've learned yet, but maybe we'll figure it out as I talk through it here. So I guess the big thing that I knew was get get prizes that have a wide appeal, but not too wide, All right? So if I gave away, say, iPads and a MacBook and like a camera, I would get a bunch of random people who are not actually interested in any of the stuff I talk about. Those are cool prizes for any random person they would probably want to get a new iPad. They would probably want to get a new camera or something like that. So my prizes were aligned. That is the perhaps the only thing I did right. And you know what and I got I got companies to donate their prizes and I've done a good job mentioning them i've I'm mentioning them again here. I've linked out to them. I talked about it quite a bit so you know people are aware of those companies and I can see I actually sent some traffic to each of the companies that I mentioned, and I'll continue because they were so nice to donate their product. I've already done a couple live streams where I've plugged KW Finder, for example. So, I mean, they did a cool thing by donating, and I'm going to definitely hook them up in the future, which is a bummer for the company that kind of just dicked me over and (laughs) stopped emailing me back. I've had a good relationship with them too, so I I was kind of surprised and I was kind of surprised that they weren't up for some cross-promotion and marketing. I don't know what the deal was. Maybe they don't like me anymore. Moving on, I do want to mention one of the sponsors for today, that is eZoic and their site speed accelerator and it helps your site load faster. It increases website speed and it improves your page load times. They guarantee a score of 80 or higher for the Google page Speed Insight after uh, one week of using the SiteSpeed Accelerator, and they have a seven-day free trial. They're that confident in the tool. And a personal tip is uh, you need to probably get your site loading as fast as you can get it in a reasonable sense. So if you have like uh, maybe 50 plugins running, you know, get that down. You don't need that many plugins. And I'm exaggerating, of course, but I see some people that are, you know, they have plugins that, They don't really use, they don't really need or there's redundant uh, sort of functionality with other plugins and you just don't need that many to run your site. The other thing is um, make sure you have reasonable hosting for the amount of traffic that is landing on your site. And if you get a bunch of traffic, you should be able to upgrade your hosting. I mean, you should be making some money at that point. So anyway, check out the SiteSpeed Accelerator and it'll help your site load faster. It does work for you know, any kind of website. So if you have WordPress or not, if you use one of those other CMSs, you'll be in good shape. So check out the SiteSpeed Accelerator and thanks to Ezoic. All right. So my goal with running the contest was twofold. Number one, I wanted to get more email subscribers. And that is like the way that you enter the contest. You enter your email and then, you're linked up and you join my email list, basically. So, and it's all there in the uh, sort of fine print on the contest page. People know when they, when they enter, they're on my email list. And I have actually had to go to AWeber and say, anyone like joining the email list via this API integration, I want to make sure they have to confirm It's called a double opt-in and basically confirm their email address or they don't join my email list. So that's very important to me. I don't want to just get a bunch of random people. I want people that have taken the time to say, yes, I want to get these emails. Otherwise, there's no real point of me sending emails to them. So I wanted to grow my email list a little bit. And then the secondary and almost equal point is I wanted to learn the mechanics of running the contest. And that includes the integration. So I use AWeber, as I mentioned, as my email service provider, but I was using King Sumo for the contest software. And it's the web version of King Sumo. So it's Kingsumo.com slash, you know, whatever, whatever was the URL for the contest. Basically, I needed to integrate those two products together and you're able to do it, but I had to use Zapier. And if you're unfamiliar with Zapier, it essentially allows you to connect two pieces of software together that don't have native integrations. So you can connect almost anything. I mean, I could connect this in with my uh, like cell phone number and get a text every time someone enters and like make my lights come on in the living room or something. I mean, you could integrate whatever you want and Zapier is super powerful. It's a paid tool. I don't know if there's any free functionality at all. And I think I probably pay like $500 a year to use Zapier. Very powerful. If you're doing, if you're doing anything with like multiple software products online, it's a great way to integrate them. So I wanted to learn the mechanics of running the contest just in general, including this integration, including promoting it. I wanted to see like, oh, I have these contacts over in these Facebook groups. Isn't it going to be great when they share it or I'm able to share it? And like I said, that didn't really turn out how I thought. So those were the two main things. More email subscribers. And then I wanted to learn the software. Because of the title of this podcast, you probably know I didn't reach my goal. So I got at least one of those right and I learned the mechanics. So I can start another contest and I know it's going to integrate properly. That that I know how to do. I uh, understand how to create the contest and integrate things and all that. So the thing I failed at was growing the email list. So in preparation for this podcast, a few minutes ago, I logged in to see how many email subscribers were tagged with the contest. And it, uh, it made me, I uh, threw up in my mouth a little bit when I saw the numbers. So there were six total that signed up. There were six total new subscribers that signed up. Three of them confirmed their emails. So that means I got three new subscribers from this. Now, It doesn't mean a lot of people didn't enter it because actually I don't have that number up, but a few hundred people entered the contest. So a few hundred people were aware, a few hundred people entered, but they were already on my email list. So they weren't, you know, added. They didn't get tagged with entering the contest or anything like that. So I got three new subscribers. Now the the good part is, you know, I didn't, I didn't pay like hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars for the software. I had the software donated. I'm advertising the software. Like It's a win-win situation for everyone, except for me. I mean, the winners of the contest got awesome prizes. Everyone was like, oh my gosh, I, I never win. This is fantastic. Thank you so much. And I, like I said, the companies are getting advertising. I'm talking about them here. I will be using their products in the future and doing demos. Um, that didn't, you know, that didn't, uh, I'm aware that they, they, they hooked me up. They hooked me up and they hooked up the audience. So I appreciate that. Now I'm gonna hit the what went well and what didn't go well, which is sort of embedded in some of the stuff that I mentioned, but there's a couple key things. So number one, what went well? The prizes were good. I was impressed with the fact that companies were more than willing to you know donate prizes. I know one company was a little concerned about, you know, what they were getting for the actual dollar value, which I, you know what, I I have to question why they were beating me up so much. I'm not sure if they have like more oversight than some of the other companies, but in essence, I mean, it, it was, it's kind of weird because they, they were looking at the retail value of what they were giving away, which the person may not even actually use the software they may not use it to its capacity and they could have gotten a lot of free advertising, not free, but they could have gotten a lot of advertising at a much lower rate, absolutely guaranteed, it's a much lower rate than the other ads that they're running. So they kind of goofed up. All the other companies, um, they got hooked up pretty good. The other thing is the people that entered the contest got awesome prizes. I mean, these are pretty expensive. Uh, A few of them were... Uh, about $1,000 or so, $1,000 uh, for a year subscription or access to whatever the tool is, it is. Some of them are lifetime. Some of them are just amazing pieces of software. And I know those folks are all super happy. If, if you didn't win this time, you know, please enter next time. I'll try to do better. The other pro is I did learn about how to run the contest I learned the mechanics and that was one of the primary goals. All right, what did I not do that well? All right, couple, couple things. I wanted to have sort of a, a low key, low pressure contest and I didn't want the prizes to be too good because some of these contests that I've seen, they may have like 25 different prizes and they really do a campaign to try to get prizes and solicit prizes from all sorts of people. They get courses, they get, A ton of different products, and that does perhaps increase the shareability. But I, you know, number one, I kind of wanted to throw it together pretty quickly, and then I didn't want to put so much pressure on myself like, all right, I'm doing a huge contest, this has to be successful. I kind of set it up so that even if it turned out like it did, I wouldn't feel too bad, and I don't feel too bad. I mean. It didn't work out like I thought, but you know, it's not the worst thing in the world. So the prizes were a little too good after I went through and tallied it up. And I was like, wow, well, there's like three, $4,000 in prizes here. This is pretty good. This is actually better than I was expecting. And I perhaps could have phoned it in a little bit more and just not, not provided as good of prizes. I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure. Um, what I should have done there, but it was a little better than I expected. I also had really poor timing. So I did want to do this quickly. And I, you probably know, I don't run specials for Black Friday. I'm not a big purchaser of stuff. And I promote other people's stuff, but I don't discount my own products at all. I don't want to, I don't want people to think, hey, I just bought that course last week and now it's on sale for half price. I don't want people to be in that situation where they're like, oh man, I just, I wish I didn't buy this because it's cheaper now. And I know in other retail settings, if you go some to some store and you buy something and then it's on sale a couple of weeks later, a couple months later, it's not, not gonna be the worst thing in the world. You're like, ah, oh, I missed the sale, not a huge deal. But in the course world and a lot of the stuff that I sell, I don't want people to be in that situation. So that said, I kind of wanted to flip it upside down and say, you know what? I'm going to give stuff away this week instead of trying to sell you something. I don't think anyone else really cared because considering all the emails that I got about products that were on sale, and I sent out quite a few myself, um, looked like people were buying a bunch of stuff. So I don't think really, I don't think that really, uh, played the way I thought it was going to. And it was poor timing at the end of the day because there were so many other marketing emails coming out. Maybe it got buried in, in that, but I knew it wasn't a great timing, but I didn't think it was gonna have a huge impact. The Facebook groups, of course, they didn't seem to convert well. Um, perhaps I needed to put something in the post that encouraged people to comment so that more people would see the post that I made to announce the contest, I guess maybe that would have helped. I know I could have done ads, right? I could have done ads in Facebook, but I didn't want to go that route. I kind of wanted to do this mostly organic for the most part and just see what would happen. So I didn't want to do too much and I was throwing it together fairly quickly. However, You know, I didn't want to do it purely organic because I have experimented a little bit with YouTube videos, um, which is another topic that I could tell you about sometime in the future. But I thought I'm going to do a quick video, super short. I want to do like a pre-roll and just see if I can get some people to enter with YouTube, uh, with a YouTube ad. I am not great setting those up yet. So I have I have a little experience with YouTube ads and actually I was running them for quite a while, a different kind of ad, but I was running them for quite a while, uh, like a, a, about six weeks or so. And I learned the mechanics there, which was good. But when I set this one up, it just didn't work like I thought it was going to. So I think it was only viewed about a thousand times. Now, the good part is, People viewed about uh, 90% of it, at least the stats that I uh, looked at after I finished up. People viewed most of it. It was only about 19 seconds or so. So people watched almost all of it because it moved fast and it was short. And it kind of caught your attention. However, the bad part is uh, absolutely zero people, (laughs) which I I don't know if the analytics are off, but uh, exactly zero people actually entered or clicked on the ad. So either my targeting was off or I didn't let the ad run long enough or something like that. One thing I know I did was I selected my geographies to essentially be North America. That probably made it a lot more expensive to show the ads. So perhaps it was, you know, it didn't run long enough to target the right people that would actually enter just because, YouTube didn't have enough data, AdWords didn't have enough data to run the video to the viewers that would actually enter. I'm not sure. I think I spent about 30 bucks on the ads, which typically I would expect to get some information, but anyway, that flopped completely. And then I I think I had the ads running up until the last 24 hours. And then it was like, all right, fuck this. It's not working. (laughs) I think I could turn it off. I think I could turn this off. So... I think that covers it. Um just a quick recap. I learned the mechanics, that was good. The goal that I failed on was adding new email subscribers that completely did not work. That was kind of a bummer. <laughs> that was a real bummer. And I got some awesome prizes. I think I did a pretty good job just getting people their prizes in a timely manner. People were a very pe- people were just thrilled to get the uh, email that they won. And then as far as the screw ups, I had poor timing. The prizes were perhaps too good for me to just kind of, I didn't phone it in. I mean, I tried, but I I threw it together quick and I didn't run a bunch of ads. I potentially could have done ads for a week and put them on Facebook and YouTube and really tried to get um, some some entries in initially and then hope that it gains some viral component so that it's shared out there. Now, I think I think that covers. A, I'm not going to just repeat myself, but I screwed up in a couple of areas there. Now, the the good thing is, I am uh, I'm comfortable using King Sumo, and I approach this thinking I want to learn how to run these contests because. I think it was maybe 2014, 2015, I was working with a partner and it was on a particular website. We ran a Facebook contest. I think we did add a few hundred new email subscribers. I can't remember how many, but it was it was generally successful and we gave away a, a very good prize. So that, that kind of worked out and that was the last time I touched contests. So I was thinking, hey, I wanna learn how to run a contest. I want to iterate on this. I don't want to do it one time and just think, ah, that didn't work, I screwed up. I learned a handful of things here and I'm going to try to not do those again. And I'm going to keep doing these contests. Now I'm probably going to, you know, not. I can't go to the same same companies to get the same prizes, but I'm going to continue to potentially work with uh, software companies. I may look to some hosting companies to throw in a, you know, year hosting package or something like that. And I'm also going to look at giving away a, uh, a website. So that's, I was chatting with my friend, uh, Alex Cooper, WP Eagle. And he, he said that he started a, a website uh, live in a live stream. I can't remember how much he worked on it. And then he gave it away the next week. And I thought, well, that's a pretty good idea. I may take, you know, most of the the core pieces of what he did there and add to it a little bit and then put some software behind it. Because I think he just, I think he randomly selected a winner based on people that commented. And I actually, I want to, you know, build the email list and maybe build up some stuff on YouTube. So with that, I should be able to make it work. And I have, I kind of have a little bit mapped out on how that might work. And just, I don't know if it'll be viral, but it could at least have, I don't know, more more people interested that are outside my audience that would be interested in what I have to talk about. So I'm not going to say contests don't work. I'm going to uh, keep iterating on this because I know there's there's little pieces that I can improve on, and if it was easy, everyone do would do contests all the time. The problem with you know all this marketing, you know half the half the episodes I do, where I'm like interviewing someone, and you, you get the headline and it's like, oh, it seems so easy to do anything. And you see the case studies, the N of one, for these contests. And it seems like, oh, contests are the way to go. But there's all these like failure stories too. So I'm going to go back. I'm going to review what I've done. I'm going to look at my goals and then sort of iterate and iterate until I kind of crack the nut on this one. So. Don't run a contest like I did. Don't do it. All right, let's get to the niche website builders Q&A segment. And I only have one question coming in here, but I do have an update on the Shotgun Skyscraper campaign that they're running for me. So they started working with me at the very end of July. So that is uh, like August, September, October, November. So they've been working with me for like four months in a week or so at the time that I'm recording this. I currently have 39 links. The average domain rating is right at about 50 and some change. So that's very good. And I could tell you they just published their second skyscraper article on my site in the last couple of weeks. And I think The quality is amazing. Both of them are around 5,000 words and there's custom graphics. So these articles look um, like pretty amazing. Just overall, quality is very high and they're perfect for internally linking throughout the site. So oftentimes these skyscraper articles are fairly broad in the topic range. So they don't go deep in any one area, but they cover quite a lot and that allows you to link internally to your site from those various sections that are not thin but they're sort of uh they're not deep right so they're they're sort of shallow in how far they go into a topic but you can link to the more specific article that goes a lot deeper potentially of course you can link to your uh more sales oriented articles and content So I'm using the budget package from Niche Website Builders. And that's, at least at the time that I'm recording this, it's $800 per month. And one thing with these campaigns is the first month is pretty quiet as far as links go. That first month is really dedicated to writing the content, for that skyscraper article and getting everything ready on the technical side to run the campaign. So you're not going to get any links probably the first month. In fact, I don't think I got a link at all until about five to six weeks in or so. And then after that, they started coming in pretty much on the regular. And so far, I mean, we just finished up November, but November had 18 links come in. So Every every couple of days, you're getting a, a new link, and December seems to be going about the same. It could be a little bit slower. I'm not sure. Um, I, I think a lot of people take time off in December, especially between Christmas and, and New Year's. So it could be a little slower, but I could be wrong, right? It could be a little different, and maybe it's going to you know continue with the, the same sort of pace. I'll also mention they. Started this campaign on a site that essentially was brand new. So I bought the domain in the beginning of July, added some content, and it's slowly been, you know, getting more content. At this point in time, the DR is 10. So in October it was three. All right. So it's slowly moving up in the UR rating, the UR rating, which is the URL rating for the homepage is 25. So the number of links is, is going up, which is cool. And it's just s- slowly growing. Now, because it is a new site, I can't report much in the way of traffic. It's actually pretty slow. It's a fairly, actually quite competitive niche and set of keywords. So even with low competition keywords and ultra long tails, like KGR type, keywords those are still fairly difficult to rank so this could be one where it's eight months before I'm getting any appreciable traffic so with that said you could check out niche website builders in their campaign you could save 10% on a link building campaign like this all right the question that I have is actually one that was asked from a friend of mine he has a youtube channel And, uh, his name's Ravi. I'll, I'll put a, I'll put a link in in the, uh, show notes here. So Ravi has a podcast and a uh, sort of a new YouTube channel. I think it's, there's hardly any subscribers, but Ravi was like, "Ah, yeah, how are you approaching these, uh, YouTube videos? And like, how are you publishing the content? So the way I am doing things now is, I'll do interviews. I'll typically do these long form interviews, which do okay on YouTube. People are not usually into long form content like a podcast like this. So on a podcast, people are happy to listen to an hour, couple hours of an interview, an episode. They're usually doing other stuff. YouTube is not as much. People get distracted. So what I do is these longer interviews, put them on the podcast here, and I'll also publish them in full on YouTube. I'll also have my editor cut them up into smaller clips. So those get quite a few views. Actually, most of the time those get more views than the full on interview. It does depend on the topic and the guest and all that kind of stuff. I personally, I guess, uh, I'm, I'm just trying to do things good enough. Technically, if I went for for uh, maximum views and maximum sort of engagement over on the YouTube side, I would go back and personally title and retitle each one of the clips. But I don't particularly care. I'm, I'm just happy people are checking it out and... I don't find it fun to rename and put a sexy keyword on each one of the clips. So I just tell my editor, hey, divide these into clips um, however you see fit. Try to make them, you know, six to 12 minutes or so. And then my other assistant will go in and do some of the admin work on the YouTube side. She'll go in, title it with usually something close to whatever the video editor mentioned and then put in links and some other stuff in the description and create a thumbnail. So I don't have to do anything. So I could do an hour interview and that's one piece of content. And then there's probably gonna be, you know, six or eight other video clips associated with it. And that's more than one video per day that I could publish. And all I did was do a one hour interview. Basically, that's it. That's how I end up publishing so much. The other cool thing, which I haven't been publishing these podcast episodes. Basically, I use a tool called Authonic and it's like audio mastering. So it'll fix the levels, remove the hum. If it's an interview and one person is louder than the other, it'll normalize all the audio. and It just makes it sound very, very good. Authonic has some external integrations. You don't even have to use Zapier. I can upload an audio file and I can have sort of a stock intro with music. I can have an outro with music that fades and I, I can also do all the audio mastering. And then when the file is complete, I can integrate it directly with uh, YouTube and it'll send the file over to YouTube with a podcast thumbnail, and it's it's over there. And the cool thing, sort of interesting thing, is some people, they listen to podcasts on YouTube. So for whatever reason, that's like their podcast listener of choice. They don't want to listen to a podcast in a native podcasting app. They're just gonna listen to it on YouTube. It's very interesting, and at one point in time, I published you know, every single episode that was coming down. And I think it must have been earlier this year. I don't remember exactly. We'll just say May. Around May, I was like, I'm, I'm going to stop publishing in the all, all the audio episodes because I'm not sure it's actually bringing in like more listeners. And there, there's some sort of common wisdom. I don't know if it's a myth or not. But if you publish too much stuff on YouTube and your subscribers and other Uh, viewers are not watching those videos and it has a low click through rate when it's suggested YouTube may not suggest your videos as often and I pulled back I, I stopped publishing the clips I stopped publishing the audio podcast episodes on YouTube to see what would happen to see if my other videos would get more views turns out they didn't they didn't get more views and just publishing more content seems better. That said, I have not gone back and started publishing all those audio episodes. At this point in time, I'm still publishing like more than one video per day. And I don't know when I'll go back. I may go and cherry pick a few of the episodes. It turns out the episodes that have very good titles end up getting those additional listens. So it may be something I go back and add. And for the, you know, for the companies like, Ezoic niche website builders and, and others that advertise on the show, they're getting like an additional push out there, which is good for them. And I mean, I, I'm, I want to, you know, take care of the audience, of course, and make sure you hear about good products and services, but I also want to take care of the advertisers too. So it's some, some it's balancing act, but you know, I'm not uh, contractually banned. I'm pretty, pretty loose with uh, the sponsors. It's just kind of a a thing that I've started to add in here a little bit. So anyway, that is the question that I was planning on answering today. And if if you have questions, I'd love to get your emails, feedback at doug.show. Usually if it's a, a reasonable question, you know, that it hasn't been answered too many times, I'll go ahead and put it on there. I also have a voicemail number. It's in the show notes. So you could just call and, and leave a message. Highly recommend you uh, you know write it out ahead of time. That way you don't fumble over your words or anything. And it's uh, ideal to have a question that's around 90 seconds or so. Haven't got a voicemail in a while. So come on. Come on, folks. Send in a voicemail. We'd love to get them. And I will catch you on the next episode. luck. All you have to do is go to nichesiteproject.com, click the green button, enter your name and email address, and I'll send you a bunch of cool stuff about affiliate marketing, productivity, including all my templates. If you happen to not be subscribed to this podcast, please do subscribe and don't forget I welcome your questions. So you could send uh, your emails to feedback at doug.show. I got that really cool domain, doug.show. That's it. So feedback at doug.show. Or I'm going to leave my voicemail number in the show notes. So all you have to do is give me a buzz, leave a voicemail, and then I'll potentially put you on the air. So looking forward to it, and we'll catch you next time.